Thank you, Sarah. I, uh, I've been thinking that we need to bring back Fun Fact Friday. Um, fun Fact, Fun Fact Friday. That's a bit of a tongue twister. Hands up if you think we should bring back Fun Fact Friday. Okay, good. Get your submissions in. I want you to start researching, collecting, bringing in the ultimate fun facts that we've never heard before, and, uh, and, and let's start that up next week. Awesome. Well, a huge thank you to our, uh, our team tonight, on stage, off the stage, behind the scenes, at the front doors. Uh, thank you so much for contributing to this tonight. You know, we, we all put our hands up to just give a little bit because it's an act of worship towards our God. And we put on this incredible service with awesome atmosphere and graphics and sound and lights and, and a streaming ability out to the world wide web and, uh, and and all of that stuff is really actually quite amazing and the reason we do it is is it's glorifying our God it's this creativity and this awesomeness that is just a little bit of a reflection of how good he actually is so I encourage you if you're not on any of our teams why don't you have a think you know what could I contribute you know one need we have at the moment is more camera operators and uh, it's pretty fun. Some of them are manually uh, controlled. Some of them are robotic cameras. And uh, we need more people to sit behind a camera and follow me when I walk on the stage and be really like awkward because I don't stand still, you know, and they have to keep going side to side and side to side. And, uh, it, you know, I, I know everyone uses their camera these days. Instagram's absolutely blown up. And, uh, and if you wanted, if you thought, you know, I can use one of those cameras, then we can train you. We've got, like, professional people who do this for a living and uh, they can give you all these awesome tips and tricks that you can take to your Instagram profile. Sound cool? Anyway, if you're interested in that, um, come and see me or talk to Anne or talk to Shannon. And that would be really awesome if you could help contribute to what we're doing together. Well, I promised last week that we would have uh, question time. And uh, we're not going to do a live Q&A because we don't have all night and you might have these awesome questions that could lead into tomorrow. But I have been collecting a few questions here and there, and I've selected three uh, to talk about. So if you've got a question after tonight through the week that you're discussing with your friends or with your huddle, make sure that you get them back to me because I'm sure other people will be very interested in the answers. So uh, question number one, we were talking about how this, there's this thing called the second law of thermodynamics. So get your science hats on, get ready, put your seat. Maybe, maybe before we get into this, maybe just put your seatbelt on, right? Just, you know, reach over your shoulder. Maybe you want to go left, right side, left side, across the middle, airbag, life jacket. Get prepared, get, you know, your theological motors running. Because we're going to jump into this, and I know it's at the end of the school week, but that's okay, it's going to be fun. So we were talking about this thing called entropy where the amount of energy, the usable energy in the universe is running out, which means if you, uh, if you follow that to its conclusion, it means the universe also has an end date as well as the fact that it began at some point. And so someone said, but why can't we just get more energy? Why don't we just get more energy from somewhere? And I thought, that's a really good question. Now, you probably would have heard of this equation called E equals MC squared, Right? Because it's the equation you say if you want to sound smart, right? Yeah, oh yeah I, I know maths. E, e equals mc squared. Yeah, you've heard of that? Hands up if you've heard of that before. E equals mc squared. Awesome. Well, that, that equation stands for energy equals matter 
times c squared, and c is the speed of light. Now, let's not get bored with the physics of it, but what that means is we've figured out that the amount of matter and energy in the universe is a fixed amount. Imagine the universe was a bucket and you filled it to the brim of water. That water represents all the matter and energy in the universe. That's all the matter and energy we're ever going to get. It's in the universe. But what we do is we, we use that energy and we use that matter to make things happen. But sometimes when we, when we use that energy, the energy gets converted. So right now I've got potential energy being up on the stage because of the gravity that's acting on my body. And when I jump off, the energy activates and I fall down, right? And I move. I am moved by the energy that was waiting to act as soon as I took my feet off the floor. But, but what happens is when we use energy, some of it gets lost, often in the form of heat. So, you know, if you like got your hands and you rubbed it on your leg really fast, rub it on, rub it on your legs really fast, and it gets hotter, right? So you're using energy to move your arm against your pants, but it's getting hotter and hotter and hotter. That's because some of the energy is being converted into heat and it evaporates and it gets lost into the air. Now, this is happening on a very, very large scale in the universe. And so we're not actually losing the energy, but it's actually being converted into heat, which we can't get back. We can't put the heat back into our arm to get more energy. The energy is coming from my muscles and it's getting lost as heat. So I hope that kind of makes sense. It's that we don't have any, it's not that we're, we're looking for more energy, it's that the energy that we have is being turned into something that we can't use anymore. If they have more questions, then uh, just ask more questions. Number two, uh, so we, we were talking about how God made everything. He made the universe. And so someone said, if, if God made people, is it people that make new things? Like, did people make that chair or this speaker or this microphone? Or is it that God is making that using the people like a puppet? I thought, very good question. Very, very good question. You're really thinking deeply about it. Well, I believe that people like you and I, we have our own free will, which means that we're not robots, right? God actually lets us make decisions about what we want to do with our life, which includes doing things like creating new things. Now, of course, if God didn't want to let us create new things, he could just stop us. But I think he does let us create because that's a little bit of a reflection of what he does. And the Bible tells us that we are made in God's image. And I think part of that is that we have this desire to make new things and to create and to make things look nice and to keep things tidy and make things ordered. And I think that's a little bit of a reflection of what God's nature is like. Cool. Third question, and uh, this is a really cool one. I actually got this in a couple of different forms. Uh, we were talking about, so why is there something rather than nothing? Why does the universe exist? And we said, well, it's because God, he is the explanation for why the universe exists. He wanted to create it. And then someone said, well, why did he want to create it? You know, it's that classic three-year-old, but why? But why? But why? And I thought, fantastic question. Why did God create the universe? Or another, another person phrased it in this way, what is the purpose of the universe? And to answer that, we're going to come back in a couple of weeks' time because we're going to preach 
on that exact thing. So I'm not going to give it to you right now. Hang on to that. Um, that's in two weeks. Awesome. So we are, we are currently building a case for why is it, a re- it is a really good idea to believe that God is real. We talked about last week that this is not something we can just straight up prove or disprove. It's more like we're collecting evidence to build a really strong case. And each new argument that seems more likely to be true than not is strengthening the idea that God is actually real. And we looked at two arguments last week. The first one was the contingency argument, which might be a fancy word that you've not heard of of before, but it's kind of similar to saying um, that something is dependent on something else. So if something is contingent, it means it's dependent on something else for existing. And so this argument says that the universe is a contingent thing. The universe doesn't necessarily exist. It, it, there's nothing about the universe that says, well, the universe had to exist. And so we can, we can deduct that, well, the universe exists because something else wanted it to. Why does the universe exist? Why is there something rather than nothing at all? And the, the, the explanation for that is that there must be something beyond the universe that wanted it to be here. That was the first argument. The second argument was the cosmological argument. It sounds like wizardry, but it's just talking about space and physics. And that argument was that uh, it said that everything that has a beginning had a cause. Things don't just begin randomly, you know. It's not like there's a solid gold bar that just pops. Oh, awesome. It's just, there's no reason why that happened. I'm just rich now, you know. It doesn't just happen like that. Everything that begins to exist was caused by something else. You were caused by your parents. Uh, This microphone was caused because someone probably drew it on CAD and then put it through a machine and built it. And so the universe is no different. We've found through lots of different scientific ways uh, that the universe had a beginning. It hasn't just been going around forever. It had a starting point. It has a birthday. You know that? The universe must have a birthday. I don't know what that is. (laughs) I don't know if anyone really knows what that is. But it does. It has a birthday. And uh, it's probably not in Earth years, though. I don't know what it would measure that in. Maybe it would be in Planck lengths, which is the smallest increment of time that exists, but that's for another day. So what was I saying? The universe, we, we know it began to exist, right? Which means it must have had a cause that is outside of the universe. And that thing must have been insanely powerful, not made of anything that's in the universe, and existing outside of space and time. And it also must have been a personal being because it made a decision to create something. It's not a mindless force like gravity. It must have had a decision, you know what? I'm going to make the universe. And we would call that God. So there are two arguments we've got so far. And uh, we're going to get into our next two tonight. The first one is called the fine-tuning argument. So we have another video for this this week, and I've tried to do my best to help those on the live stream. I've posted a link to the video on our Facebook page, and also we've got a bit of a slide that's going to go up to you, which has details of what to look up. But basically, if you type fine-tuning argument into YouTube, it'll be one of the first two entries there. So we're going to watch it here. You guys watch it at home, and then I'll get up and talk about it. Okay, did you get all that? We're going to have a test about who can remember the the most of those numbers afterwards. No, I'm just kidding. Awesome. Well, 
the argument of fine-tuning. Fine-tuning. Have you ever, uh, you might be the wrong generation for this, but, you know, have you ever been in the car with your mum or your dad and they're listening to AM radio? Yeah? 2GB873 or whatever it is. And, and, and it's a little bit like, shh, we're talking about this. And it's all like fuzzy and, 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 and out unclear. And you're like, just switch to digital and put Hope 1032 on or something. Well, it, you know how that works, right? So you can kind of tune the frequencies by pressing the button or turning the dial to try and get it to a clearer point And, oh, now I can hear the radio station. But if you go a little bit off and all of a sudden you just hear, so that's, that's this idea of fine-tuning. And this argument says that if you look at the universe, there are elements of the universe that are so well fine-tuned that they need an explanation. Like, why is the universe so well fine-tuned? And so let's jump up our first slide. There's, there's three possible explanations for why the universe is like this. Number one is necessity. So we talked about last week how there could be this necessarily existing being, which we would call God, and that he has to exist. It's not like he had to be caused by anyone. By his very nature, by who he is, he just has to exist. He's a necessary being. And so this is saying that the, the universe is this way because it just has to be. Which, okay, maybe. But when we look at the universe, when we look at the laws of physics, we see that these special constants that we were talking about, like the gravitational constant, they actually tell us how the law of gravity will behave. It's not the law of gravity that tells us how the constant will behave. So there's nothing that we can see in the universe that would lead us to go, you know what, the universe has to be this perfect. I mean, you could say, well, it just does, but there's no real evidence to believe that. So maybe there's a better option as to why the universe is the way that it is. Number two is random chance. Now, to illustrate how unlikely it is that the universe is the way that it is, there's a little test I want you can do a bit later. So if you talk to Siri, you can ask her to do something like this. What is 10 to the power of 19? 10 raised to the 19 power is a 20-digit number beginning with 1000. Hang on, let me try 18. What is 10 to the power of 18? 10 raised to the 18th power is 1000000000000000000000. Now, you used to be able to do that for a very long time, but then they fixed it, which you saw with the previous one, where she summarizes the whole thing. But I've had her going for 10 minutes straight. Zero, 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 zero. So... If you were to add up the likelihood of all of these fine-tuned uh, elements of the universe to figure out how likely is it that we have what we have today, right? You might say, oh, it's a one in a million. It's a one in a million chance. That is so underestimating it. The number that you, that, that, that you would get if you did all of this and added it up is so enormous no one in the universe will ever be able to write it down. 
because the chances that things are the way that they are is one part in a number that, this is how you would write it. You would write a one and then a zero, 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 zero. There are so many zeros in this number that there are more zeros in the number than particles in the universe. It's impossible. You couldn't write it down because the ink you use on a page is made of particles. But you would need more zeros than the number of particles in the universe. That's the chance that this universe is so perfect the way that it is. Now, I mean, you could believe that. But we're asking, what's most, the most likely explanation? What's more likely? Is it that we just got absolutely, insanely lucky? Or that it has to be this way for no reason that we have? Or could it be that the universe was designed to be this way? That someone somewhere outside of the universe, when they made it, decided that it should be a certain way that we can look around and say, wow, the universe works like a well-oiled machine. It's this remarkable thing. And there's a reason, and that is because maybe it was designed. So we're going to add that to our repertoire, our, our case that we're building. Another reason why we think, hey, maybe, maybe there is a God. Maybe God exists. So our final argument for uh, this first message of this term is called the moral argument. And uh, we're going to do the same thing as before. Sound should work first up. Let's just fingers crossed on that. What are the chances? One in one, zero, zero? No. Um, probably one in ten. One in two? No. Um, so at home, I've also linked the same video. Otherwise, you can use follow the slide, look that up, the moral argument on YouTube, and uh, you can have a watch of that. So let's watch that, and then we'll keep going. This one's a little bit heavier, I think. Maybe not on the uh, mental front, but maybe on the heart front. And... Uh, I've, I've heard about this argument for a very long time, and I think a lot of people, they get it mixed up, uh, just like the analogy at the beginning. Can, can you be good without God? And a man rescues a cat. Oh, look, there we go, he did. But people say, well, I don't have to believe in your God to be good. I don't have to believe that the same set of values as you. You might think this is wrong, but I might think it's right. I don't need to believe what you believe and so your argument about morals doesn't make any sense. But in actual fact, they're not understanding the argument. It's not do you need to believe in God to be good. It's that can the idea of good even exist if God doesn't exist? So let's, uh, oh, awesome, it's already up. So this whole argument, I think, really hangs on this first premise. If God doesn't exist, then objective moral values and duties do not exist. And what that's trying to say is the only way that you can have an absolute good and an absolute bad is by grounding them in God. Now, why would that be the case? Well, morals are personal things. They're personal matters, don't you think? A pencil doesn't have any moral obligation to a piece of paper. These objects, there's no moral issues there. Morals always come into effect when there's a person involved. And that means that if we want, if we want to ground some kind of overarching standard 
about what is really right and what is really wrong, it needs to be grounded in a person. But if it was grounded in you or me, then it would be limited to our subjective experience, to what you saw, to what you heard, to what you've experienced, to what you know, which would mean that morals, they're just relative. They're they're purely based upon an individual person and not necessarily reflective of what it means for everybody else. Some people might say, well, we evolved from X, Y, Z, and so did our moral values. They just, we have our inner conscience because that's how we survived to get to this point. But that means that we could continue to evolve and get different moral values down the track. That the ones we happen to have right now, there's no, there's no global or universal truth as to why we have them. It's just that this is, how, this is what happened to get us this far. And if we decide that, you know what, if we just kill all the really sick people, then everyone else will be much better off. We'll have more food to share around, more resources, and we won't have to care for sick people anymore. We could just decide that, and that could further our species. But I can even tell by the looks in your eyes, you're like, no, no, that's, that's not right. That's not right. And you talk to someone who doesn't believe in God, and, and a lot of them would say to you, well, no, no, you can't do that. And the question would be, why not? The real answer is because they know, deep down, beyond them, beyond you, beyond any individual, there is an actual good and an actual bad. And the only reason we have that, the only way we can have that, is if there is a personal being who is deciding that. If there is a God, a being super powerful beyond any of our subjective or relative experience, someone who can see everything, who can know everything, and who has in his very nature defined what is good and what is bad. There was that last little bit there that said, you know, is, and it's a really cool riddle, is something good because God said it is good? Or does God say it's good because it is good? And you've got a bit of a problem. Well, if, if something is good because God said it's good, then God could say it's good to kill your neighbor and it would then be good. But we would object to that. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, sure, God said it, but that, that, uh, that doesn't really, that's not really a nice God then because then he can just make up the rules. But then the, on the flip side, is, does God say it's good because it actually is good? But then that would mean that the good is beyond God. It's like something that he has to follow, which then that would kind of, that doesn't make sense either because he's meant to be the top of the food chain. But the answer to that is it's neither of those things The truth is, God says something is good because he himself is good. His nature, what he is naturally like, defines what is good and what is bad. The Bible tells us God is love. It's not that he chooses to love or that uh, he does things because he's trying to listen to love, which is telling him what to do. It's, it's, It's actually because he is love. You are a person, well, God is good. He is made up of it, if that makes sense. And I think this argument is probably the most relevant one 
out of the four tonight for what's happening right now in the world. There's a lot of people who are standing up and crying out to saying, this is wrong. That's not right. And you might agree with them or you might disagree with them. But whether or not the thing that they say is actually good is irrelevant because they are saying that it is absolutely good. We've got this Black Lives Matter thing. Now, I agree. Black lives objectively do matter. But you'll talk to an atheist who says, well, no, there are no objective truths. But in the next breath, they'll say, but black lives absolutely do matter. And, and, and I, I would 100% agree they do. And the very reason why you think that there is an objective truth is because there is one. And if we go to our argument, objective truths can only exist in God. We can't make them. The universe can't make them. God can. Which means if they exist, then God must exist. There must be a personal being out there that by his own nature is defining what is really good and what is really bad. And so I hope that we've given you a good start towards building a case to why you should think that God is real. There are more arguments than what we've talked about over the last couple of weeks, and uh, I encourage you to look, up, look them up. I encourage you to study these ones because the more that I study these, the more I understand them. And some of these ones I listened to and I was like, that doesn't make any sense. That's not a very good argument. But then as I understood it, I was like, whoa, that's a very good argument. So follow your curiosity and, and keep studying. But the whole point of this is not just that you would know what you believe, which I hope, well, for me, I believe that God is real. That's what I believe. But now I've got a little bit of a tool to explain to people why I believe what I believe. Because I hope that you live a life which causes people to go, why do you believe that God's real? Why, why are you a Christian? Why do you live that way? And, and my hope is that we've given you some resources tonight that you can say, well, actually, I can give you four reasons why I think that God's probably real. And uh, I'm sure that will shock a lot of people. Well, Okay, <laughs> you must really know what you're talking about. And so, as we're going to wrap up tonight, uh, when my questions load, I wanted to uh, send you away with a couple of questions to discuss and to think about. You know, I hope you guys had a great huddle over the last week. We certainly did, talking about some of this stuff. And I hope you've got more questions. Please, ask the questions. If you're not sure, if none of it makes sense, Find the first question to ask and start to make sense of it because it's, it's really important to, to do that, to question things, to learn, to be curious. And so send your questions in if you, if you get them. But I want you to have a think about this and maybe discuss this this week. When did you come to a realization that God is real for you? When was that? How did that come about? Why do you think that God is real? Because it could be completely different to these reasons tonight. And I reckon that would be an awesome thing to start thinking about and talking about in our huddles and with your friends. And then the second question to that is, what would you say to somebody if they asked you, why do you believe in God?
So I'm gonna, I'll post them on the Facebook page after in case you didn't get all that down. Um, and we'll send it out to the leaders so that you can discuss it as well. But I hope that I've given you a good reason to think that God is real this tonight and last week. But the next question, because we're asking some big questions this term, I think the next logical question is, okay, God is real, but which one is he? What, which God are we talking about here? Because there's all these different gods and these different religions and these different ideas and different interpretations. Which God is it? And so uh, next week, that is what we're going to be talking about. So which one? Which version of God is the right one? Is it all of them? Is it none of them? Which one is it? And so I'm throwing that flick pass to Elijah, and he's going to come next week. And uh, I've already been chatting with him about it, and it's really cool, really, really cool. So uh, tune in next week for that. It's going to be awesome. And uh, let me pray for you, and then I'll hand over to Sarah for tonight. God, thank you so much for our church and, uh, and for the things that we are able to do, that we're able to come together and we're able to see each other, even if it's at a distance, and that we're able to uh, focus in on you and learn more about you and about ourselves and about the universe. And so, Lord, I, I thank you for blessing our time together tonight. I pray that you would help us to have really cool, interesting and uh, growing discussions over this next week. And that you would uh, help us to get through this crazy year and this crazy season as a church. That we would just follow your voice and your lead every step of the way, um, no matter where it takes us. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome.